And what's going on guys, Alex here, and today I'd like to discuss with you whether should lecture attendance be mandatory? So why discussing the subject so late in the semester? It's literally two weeks have left for the semester to end, but the thing is that I have read the course description lately, and almost every single subject has 100 mandatory attendance in order to pass the course. But I thought that attendance and involvement in the lecture and being present during the lecture are completely two different things. And it's a common thought that in medical school all the lectures should be mandatory. But what if I tell you that they actually should not be mandatory? The main argument for the opposite side is that what if argument? What if you will have a patient and there will be condition which you have not learned during the lecture? What if the patient would die because you have not attended this lecture? And so on. So, I find such type of arguments pretty funny, and uh, the thing is that, actually, to be honest, you cannot remember the lecture 100% even if you are 100% involved into the lecture. Everything depends on your work after the lecture, on your active recalls, past repetitions, simple going through the slides after, you, your conflicts, and so on, and so on, and so on, note. But the thing is that if the lecture is very, very boring, you are less likely to revise it once again. But that's another argument. The next thing also is that you cannot remember what the lecturer was talking about during their, let's say, fifth lecture on public health during your third semester. You can describe the concept, but not the whole lecture. And that's the most interesting thing that it looks like most of the people suppose that medical students have something like wonderful memory and they can remember, recall every single word which was spoken during the lecture, during the class, lab work, and so on. But the thing is that we are humans as well. And the problem as well is that we can forget things. The information which was provided to us can be outdated, because nothing stays the same. But anyway, right now I'd like to talk to you about the minuses of 100% attendance and why I suppose that mandatory 100% attendance of the theoretical lectures, that's important, is absolute nonsense and is very, very stupid. So, first of all, there are boring lectures. Lots of involvement during the lecture depends on the lecturer himself or herself. And the thing is that any interesting subject, any interesting lecture can be described and can be brought to you so boring that you would prefer to do anything but sitting in the classroom, and vice versa. From my personal experience from the fourth course of the Faculty of Medicine, I had epidemiology and public health as a one course during this seventh semester, and the thing is that if you hear these two subjects, you're like, okay, epidemiology, it's all about statistics, clinical trials, and public health, it's something more involving, something more interesting. And you would be completely wrong, because epidemiology and public health was taught to us by two completely different professors. And the thing is that the engagement with which 
was brought to us epidemiology with all of these statistics, graphs, trials, mistakes, clinical examples, and so on, was so interesting that you can just simply set the lecture as a font and then find yourself like half an hour, hour later, just sitting there and listening to the lecture because it's actually interesting. And vice versa with the public health, you you are just sitting there, you're trying to hear what the lecturer is talking, what, what she's trying to bring to you, and it's completely boring because how she speaks, how slowly she everything does, and the only thing which she makes as an involvement of the audience is just asking specific questions to specific people and waiting for an answer. That's simply stupid. To be honest, that was the most boring lecture which I had, and keep in mind that this lecture was five hours long, and that was very, very, very boring. <laughs> so, anyway, the thing is that during this lecture, during this five-hour lecture, during which you should be present, which is mandatory to pass the course, students would prepare themselves better by doing research on their own than listening to this lecture, because actually the concepts which were brought during this lecture can be simply described in a few sentences. And that's one of the problems, that the most boring courses can be described in the simple sentences, simple concepts, and so on. There are lots of videos on YouTube which describes it every which describes almost anything very, very clearly. And the thing is that it's much more engaging because student will actually look for this information and when he finds it or she finds it, it makes this information much more valuable. But also, the next thing is that very important thing which also can be brought to the previous argument is that make lecture interesting and students will do literally everything to attend it and make it boring and students will do anything to be absent. There is a good example with the books that if the book is interesting, people will buy it and if not, they would not. The same strategy can be applied here as well. But the very controversial thing is that university supposes that all of their professors, let's right now talk only about professors, like uh, the only one academic grade. All of, the all of the professors are equal. And that's one of the biggest problems, because one professor can be very engaging, can explain the material very clearly in a very simple word, and the other professor, which will be studying much less complicated subjects, let's say, but he or she will be describing his or her subject very, very, very boring, in a very complicated terms, in a very not understandable concept. And I suppose that that's a very big problem. And the thing also is that, but university supposes that both interesting and boring professor are both equal, but for students, one is far more engaging than the other. But still, I cannot understand that, but let's continue. The next thing which I'd like to introduce to you are useless lectures. Same example as before, public health. Why this course is mandatory and for what for attendance is mandatory. I cannot understand that, because this course can be simply brought to you in a simple manuscript, like 20-30 pages long, like read it, 
you will have examined it in like two weeks. Students will read it, students will remember some of it, students will pass the exam. That's it. But we are having two or three, five hour lectures on this complicated topic. I hope that you have heard the sarcasm in my words. Also, the thing is that a lot of these boring professors also are using pointless methods of teaching. The thing is that every type of information should be described in a separated way. For example, for comparing two types of results, you would use tables or, let's say, diagrams. Same as dermatological diseases should be described and shown in a clinical example. That's like common knowledge and common sense. The same can be applied to the basics of argumentation. Here I very like the very simple scheme which was uh, taught when I was in high school. It's called Behauptung, Begründung, Beispiel, which can be translated as statement, grounds and example. It's like basics of the argument, three ground stones. And the thing is that lots of lots of professors don't know anything about that. They argument in a very, very complicated way, which cannot be also applied as an argument. And the same also goes to the information they are trying to give to us. They are using useless methods. The same as I have made example with the tables and diagrams. You can simply write all of the information you have in text, in plain text. Or you can also take this information and put it in a table. And then a table, from the table, make a diagram. And here you have visuals and you can understand the information far more better than it would be in a plain text. But also, lots of professors don't understand that. And here is also the thing that when a student is learning himself by himself and learning himself, the student will use the method which helps him or her the most. And the thing here is that it's very, very, very rare example when a professor is using really adequately measured methods of teaching. That's very important, but in most cases, professor uses something which he has used for long, long years, and the students then just take the materials of the professor and not just revise it, but restructurize it. And it's simple. That's idiotism. But anyway, the next point that can also like flow from the previous one is not understandable lecture or course plan. Let me give you an example. Chaotic fact bombing. Like chaotic information with no visible structure doesn't help students. And when students lose their silver lining of thought, it's simply useless to make them sit there because they don't understand what's going on, they are not interested in what's going on, and that's simply, it's useless. And also, it also brings us not only to the lecture organization, where it's just some random facts and so on, but also to the subject organization, because I have had some examples from the clinical subjects where you cannot really understand in which order should I study anything, in which order we'll, we'll be learning this material. For example, if we're talking about dermatology, dermatology was absolutely gorgeous subject, I loved it very much, simply because the structure there was awesome. And here's an example of the structure. So, if we're talking about skin diseases, 
first of all, what you'd like to know and revise is how normal skin looks like and uh, the basic functions, like basic facts and principles. Then one type of pathology, then the next type of pathology, and so on. And so you can see the course's structure and you can remember the main concept and the facts in a more easy way. There is no need to make any course or lecture more difficult than it already is by randomizing subjects from the course or the lecture. <laughs> the next thing which I'd like to use as an argument against mandatory lecture attendance is time consumption. Lectures simply, there are lectures that simply make you question your existence. For example, my pain for this semester, as you could tell, is public health, where you have five-hour-long lectures, almost with no breaks, and when you are talking about concepts which can be described and remembered in a single sentence. But despite this simple logic, we, we need to sit there five-hour-long for five hours. And the thing also is that we are not just simply sitting there, the professor actually actively asks us about lots of lots of stuff which is very very primitive and i cannot understand that simply at all <laughs> because it looks to me like complete waste of time like i can research this material for one hour learn it in a half an hour and i'll be gone but instead of that i need to sit there for five hours listen to her and try make type of face that I'm very, very interested in what's going on there. And I cannot understand why is this happening, because her questions are like, you know, in Europe is lower demographics than in Asian countries, because fewer children are born. Why do you think that is? Like, because of, and there goes lots of logical answers, and you think, okay, maybe the answer to this question will be like something non-standard, but now the answer is standard in 100% of the cases. And that's simply, that's idiotism. I cannot understand that, and as you can hear, that's my pain for this semester from like boring useless lecture. So, but let's continue to the whether should lecture attendance be mandatory, and the question here is, if attending is mandatory, can students get good grades without attending lectures? If yes, then what's the reason of making lectures mandatory? And by the way, 99% of the cases answer is yes. And here comes logical question like, why do I need to be present during the lecture if the lecture is useless to me and I can research all of it on my own and after that simply university, high school or anything else, any institution can simply give me a test, exam, anything to make sure that I have learned this material quite well. Of course, here I will tell you once again that I'm talking only about theoretical lectures. I can fully understand practical classes where you have no other option to perform some kind of procedure, some chemical reaction, and so on, because you simply do not have access to patients, you simply do not have access to these chemical ingredients, to lab, to microscopes, and so on and so on. But everything I'm talking about here is about theoretical lectures. When information is so widely available that you can simply look anything, literally anything, from your pocket. Like, there's phone in your pocket, you can search anything and you will find lots of answers. We're not in the 19th century when it was difficult to research any subject on your own because there were less books, there were less sources, and so on. 
but right now we can search literally anything from anywhere in the world. But still, we need to attend the lectures like the world goes forward and the study techniques stay the same. I simply cannot understand that. My next argument against the mandatory lecture attendance is that students are usually grown-up people and some of them have families and most of them have jobs. And by making lecture attendance mandatory, universities simply make students leave their workplaces they want to work at for the places which will allow them to combine work and studies because of the lecture attendance. And that's really stupid because if I can manage to both work and study, why should I attend the lecture if I can understand and, and I can provide useful information to the society without attending the lecture? Like, it's simply, it's, it, there is no logic. And I can simply, I cannot understand that. And of course, last but not least argument is that students or government, in case of Latvia, we have paid tuition for one type of students and we have like budget tuition for another type of students where, uni where university get paid from the government. Anyway, the thing is that students or government pay really big prices for the tuition. It's approximately from 3,000 euro to, to 10,000 euro per year for Latvia, depending on the subject, of course, you're studying. And the thing is that universities have tests, practices, exams to qualify you, but still students cannot choose whether they should attend some lectures or they'd rather study the material by themselves at home or library. Like, you're paying money and they're telling you what to do, and after that they are like, making sure that you have done that. That's, there is no logic at all. Like, you have tests. Okay, I pass the test. Yay! I go forward. I don't pass the test. Yay! You get paid more because I will pay you once again to pass this course once, one more time. Like, what's your problem? I cannot understand that as well. But still, let's return to the what-if question. My favorite question. What if the patient will have diagnosis which you have not studied during your medical school? As we concluded, no information can be remembered for 100%, even if you are very, very involved during the lecture. The next thing is that there are subjects which are not relevant or important to the person. For example, neurosurgery is not so important to dermatologists future dermatologist, then neurosurgery is important to neurosurgeon. And here's the problem, that some people have different preferences. And like, I'd prefer that my neurosurgeon researched better his sphere of influence, let's say so, than studied more deeply dermatology. Like, for that we have dermatologists. Like, what the hell? And the thing is that Still, research on your own is the main goal of the university. Like, I suppose that the main point of going to the, to the university is to get contacts and to get sources from where you can get useful information and which can provide you useful information in order to succeed better after. Of course, diploma is also very important. It's like it qualifies you as, uh, in my case, a doctor and so on and so on. But the main thing is that sources from where you can get the information, because it's quite difficult right now with so lots amount of information to find really good source. But anyway, in medicine, 
doctors all of the time research for new facts and no information remain the same for a long period of time. Like new facts, new symptoms, new diseases, because nothing stays the same. And still we are being taught the same lectures which were taught like a year before us, five years before us, and sometimes even 10 years before us. Of course, I can understand if we're talking about something like basic cell biology. But if we're talking about, for example, genetics and so on, there are lots of new researches, biochemistry, lots of new researches, and so on. And still, I can research this type of topic better on my own that then the professor, doctor, will give it to me during the theoretical lecture. And if I suppose that I will do it better than attending lecture, I will do it myself. Why cannot... Why I am not allowed to do that? I cannot understand that as... Well, of course, I can understand several things talking about attendance is that there are some positive aspects. First of all, even if student didn't participate during the lecture, like at all, there would can be a fact or two which he or she will remember from the lecture, like heard somewhere in the background and like, okay, now I remember this thing. Okay, like, but still, is it useful? I doubt that. Anyway, the next thing also uh, is a bonus for the universities. It's easier, I suppose, to count salaries simply because if attendance is mandatory, then the professor is having a discrete amount of students which are attending the lecture, and so you can count the salary according to the student's amount. Like, professor will get more money, and that's why lots of our subjects have 100% mandatory attendance during the lecture time. And the next, and I suppose it's also very important for the university as an institution, is appearance of knowledge. Like, if students have heard the lecture, it doesn't matter that the student have understood it. But on paper, it looks simply awesome, like 100 of our students have attended the lecture and now they know the subject. But they don't know the subject. It was taught very boring, it was taught very unproductive, and it's simply stupid. But still, on paper, it looks nice. And so we have appearance of knowledge, like university as an institution of knowledge. And you cannot choose which lectures to attend, and so if students could choose which lectures to attend, then on paper it would look like one professor has 100% attendance simply because it's interesting, it's important, and the other professor doesn't have any lectures at all simply because he's boring, he's using non-relevant information, and so on and so on. And that's the problem. I suppose that's the problem as well. Anyway, I personally have noticed that I understand and remember much more of the topic if I am researching it myself. The only thing that actually need is the list of subjects, thesis in order to study and not five hour long lectures, which are mandatory to attend. But anyway, as for me, I would say it once again, the main point of university is to give you context and adequate amount of resources in order to make research on your own and to provide something new. Like, you want your students to reproduce the already knowledge that 
scientific society has, if we're talking about medicine, and to provide something new, to, to create something new, some new method, some new skill, and so on. But right now it looks like 100% attendance is far more important than research on your own. But I suppose that's an, ab an absurd concept. But if you ask me. Anyway, if you have any other opinion, feel free to send a message using anchor.fm slash in short or leave it in the comment section on my YouTube page alexander slash s-h-u-r. And that's it for today. Thank you for being here with me and hear you guys next week. Thank <laughs> you.